All right. Simcast episode 19, Shoot for the Moon. So on today's Simcast, I have two very special guests that have not been here before. Uh, both are content creators for Ashes. Uh, I have Casino and the Couch Nerd. Welcome, gentlemen. What's going on? It Welcome. sounds like we should have our own show, Casino and the Couch Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel like the odd yeah. man out. <laughs> So, host. yeah, I'm the host, so I can be the Probably odd man. Probably be honest. rated M, though. Rated M for Probably. mature. Well, <laughs> I've been working on my language, but we'll see how that goes. My, my content is actually rated I for immature, but. <laughs> That's awesome. So, gentlemen, um, welcome to the Simcast. I've, we're on episode 19, like I said, and I've, it seems like it's been going on a while now. Uh, and I've had a lot of members from Virtue. I've had a few other members from the Ashes community. Um, but uh, I kind of want to just kinda go round robin like we usually do here on the on the SimCast and give each of you an opportunity, especially since I know you both are really going to be invested in Ashes and have some ideas and some things that you're wanting to really pursue in that regard. So maybe, you know, maybe you could tell everybody about your content a little bit. Uh, maybe some of your goals and things that you're looking forward to maybe being involved in Ashes. Oh, sure thing. Uh, feel free to cut me off at any point because I can probably <laughs> ramble for the next half hour on this. I'll just so do long. this right here. I'll be like, casino, casino. Perfect. Right, yeah. Cool. Just, and you could just say shut up. But uh, so <laughs> um, let's see. I, uh, I've i been following Ashes for a while and uh, I am uh, going to gonna feel it out. So right now I'm a full-time content creator for a marvel mobile game and i'm able to make a living off of it which is excellent and i've always loved mmos so i'm hoping that i can transition and be a full-time content creator for ashes of creation um i'm part of their official content creator program which is really cool uh for people that don't know that means uh we're getting like beta keys to give away to people uh exclusive in-game cosmetics you can only get from watching the streams uh, the devs will be like featured guests on the stream to walk us through mm -hmm. like unreleased content. So tons of really cool perks. So hopefully I can use that and still be able to uh, be a full-time content creator with Ashes. So as soon as I'm able to stream, I'm going to be jumping right into it. Actually, Couchnerd helped me build a new gaming PC in addition to my streaming PC specifically for Ashes of Creation. Um, and I've always really loved MMOs. So I'm like fully invested in ashes and uh i'm excited to see where it goes uh in terms of goals i've been reading quite a bit about the game and uh kind of want to take over the world not gonna lie um <laughs> i saw that they that it's like a really exclusive small club of people that can actually obtain one of those flying mounts they've said dragons but i think they're alluding to other flying mounts as well and uh they said there's gonna be like six or seven of them in the whole world and that they will have combat functionality so uh my my stream is definitely going to be focused on my quest to be a dragon rider. We will make it happen. Mark my words. Nice, nice. So, Couchner, what about you, sir? Uh, well, um, I recently started streaming. I haven't been streaming that long. Uh, my goal for Ashes of Creation is actually more players environment related. I'm going to focus on raids, dungeons, and tanking in particular. So, if you have any tanking questions need help with builds you can come to me for that nice i gotta tell you the world needs more tanks too i'm telling you i've noticed that being a trend it seems like <laughs> it seems like a trend in mmos yeah. doesn't it it seems like the tanks are just dying out like nobody wants to play a tanks yeah tanks and healers are usually yeah. in demand 
Well, I mean, I, um, I, I'll go on ahead, Casino. On behalf of the PvPers, we, we don't really need more tanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting how they're going to handle tanks in PvE and Ashes, though. The way yeah. we're going to control the fights, mm -hmm. like block out passages ways and stuff. So I might actually be doing some PvP, too. I usually don't do mm -hmm. that. Are you, what are you thinking, Casino? Are you thinking you're going to go for him? <laughs> Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I would go for. I, I'll I'll deal with corruption to kill on site Couchner, absolutely. You'll deal with corruption. To well, kill I'm in Europe, that. so I'm probably safe in Europe. Oh, you'd like to believe that? Oh man, we have an extensive network of spies. That's you think I don't have European viewers, Couchner? <laughs> We're coming for you. Yeah, we can have a we can have a duel in. Uh... In, in the alphas. No, I'm I'm just messing with you. We'll, yeah. we'll work together to terrorize other people. Yeah, hopefully not me. I'm the no, light bringer. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, they are. Yeah, they've got we've got some really good stuff as far as uh as far as the um being a content creator. Like, there's not very many of us. There's there's a handful of us right now, and I'm I'm thinking it'll probably grow some more. I'm gonna actually put the uh the link down in the description also for any anybody who's interested in potentially becoming a content creator one of the official content creators for ashes um i i don't know you know i can't speak for the requirements but i do know that if you're really passionate about the game and you've got a history of being invested in it it, it you know the the outlook could be very good if you have a lot to bring to the table um, I actually have a, a small idea of the requirements um, yeah i don't know if they've moved the goalposts but so when I originally applied, I wasn't a Twitch partner yet. I wasn't a YouTube partner mm -hmm. yet. They said they were looking for, if I'm not mistaken, 5,000 Twitch followers or 5,000 YouTube subs. I believe so. Uh, yeah, they said the same to me. Surprisingly attainable. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like if, if you show passion and mm -hmm. if you have some kind of project for Ashes, you're probably going to get picked. Up. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the most... Uh, the most important note is that if you if you you have a project for ashes like i know couchnerd you didn't mention it but he couchnerd also i've more recently have actually jumped in uh to this community that he's got started up it's hashtag we are we stream ashes and uh it's it's basically do you want to tell people a little bit more about that i know you didn't share it but i feel like you know this is a good opportunity for you to do that do you want to share that with them and kind of tell them what your goals are yeah, with I that it's a Discord community mainly. It's not only for content creators, even though the name sort of <laughs> hints at that. Uh, it's, a, it's aimed to be a platform where content creators can share their projects, uh, but also talk to each other, maybe get collabs going on. But it's also a way for players to find uh, other people's content easier. Mm -hmm. I also noticed the that in there. To have yeah, later on, we're going to have discussion channels, theory crafting, yeah. and way to find people that are playing on your server yep. to group up with. Yeah, I was going to make sure you mentioned that because I noticed that you have the theory crafting like areas for each of yes. the primary archetypes on there. And it also seems like you've got a kind of looking for group kind of domain so people can group up and find people to play yes. with. Yes, uh, the goal is like yeah. when we know the server names, right. uh, people are going to be able to select a server. And then you can find people that are playing on your server or maybe a content creator that are on your server if you want to follow cool. him or her more closely because maybe they report on stuff that are happening on your server, right. like events or stuff being unlocked. 
I think that's important. I actually really like that idea because each server is going to, I've talked about this before. I've always viewed the, the each server being, since each server is going to have its own story and, you know, on each yeah. server, our combined information, our combined knowledge as, as we are a massive players, we're going to be able to put together this greater meta story that they've discussed. And I find it very, very interesting how there's almost going to be an alternate reality for each of the servers. To me, that's just fascinating. I find that so fascinating. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that that's, I think that you're really offering something very important. Um, I think that that's going to be very beneficial for pretty much any type of player. Um, and I can say it doesn't have a, it doesn't, I mean, I'm in there and it doesn't have that like elitist feel where it's like trying to really showcase the, some, some minority oh. and, and kind of treat everybody else like a peasant. So that to me is a positive. There's I'm no actually like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, the, yeah. There's no requirements. You can have two people watching your stream or you can have 200 you're still going to be listed as live and the bot is still going to announce that you're streaming like live. i like that so let's uh let's kind of dig into uh some of the information so i'm going to take a really really quick moment here to to kind of touch base on the last simcast i know that neither one of you were here uh for that but on the last simcast we had mentioned that we discussed a couple uh items we had discussed uh because they had sent out the email to everybody, the community uh, an email that shared a lot of what they actually elaborated on a bit more during this last live stream. Uh, and they discussed uh, the homemaking is what they were calling it. And they were talking about that. And I wanted to touch base on what we had talked about, how we were kind of really curious about, you know, what's what's it going to look like to have these higher quality um, items that we were seeing? And they even showed more. And, you know, they were they made the point that that the the during the craft skills like the higher your skill the the higher grade the item or items could be uh that the um the more intricate that the the home items could be uh during they talked about animal husbandry a bit <clears throat> and we had actually been kind of curious and wondering about that a bit you know we we speculated that perhaps that it would be like kind of we saw the different types of griffins for example that were shared and we we really kind of dug into that last time night scream uh one of my guildies here she was she's really big into animal husbandry and she was really talking about you know because she got really excited about it she she really loves that stuff and she was like really elaborating on what we thought were ideas about how that could come about and they mentioned that that animal husbandry the changing in appearances was actually going to be not so much breeding but a dial system to change these different features. And I find that pretty interesting. And I know both of you had actually mentioned that that sounded similar to, I think you said uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Is that right? Uh, similar. Star similar. Wars Galaxy said creature handling. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you could uh, uh, basically yeah, train creatures and, and uh, breed them. Um, so I, I didn't actually get too much into their creature handling system, but I know they had it, but they also had... Uh, I forget what they called it, but it was like genetic engineering. I think that's what they called it. Wow. And uh, so you could actually uh, hybrid. Oh yeah, bi that's right, bioengineering. Yeah, you could make hybrid creatures. That was really cool. Yeah, I played. I played like that and uh, <laughs> Terrakazi. Oh, I was huge in the Terrakazi. That was my main profession. Yeah, until I became a Jedi. <laughs> until you became same, a Jedi. Same. <laughs> so well, let's. Uh, we're gonna dig a little bit more. So I, I don't know um, on the. Uh, live stream i actually noticed the armor customization they were talking about that was pretty cool the it sounds like i'm, I'm noticing a trend with uh 
modular being a thing. And I don't want to say modular necessarily in regard to the outfit styling, but it almost seems like it's all about adding components. And they even mentioned modular design to the the horses that we saw. We They had shared that modular design was going to be part of horses and how the armor looked and everything. And so I'm kind of noticing a trend with it, the customization for uh, a lot of different things. Like even though they said dials for animal husbandry, that to me somehow just kind of fits into this theme of modular dials, kind of just this customization feature that I think is going to be something we're going to see throughout the game. And I actually find that to be a very user-friendly way and approach to uh, having kind of a real individualized style about you yourself, your mount, maybe even elements to your home. Um, so I noticed that and that was like something I was really excited about. What about you guys? Did you, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I agree completely, and uh, it, it kind of fits with their overall philosophy that they've mentioned a few times, which is that they're more interested in creating tools, and they've said, we want to give the players the tools and let them tell the story, and that's one of the main overarching philosophies that made Star Wars Galaxy so great for me, um, and for the record, I have played other MMOs quite a bit, but uh, right. okay. I, I could talk about Galaxies for the next two days straight. But so I, I love when they just give the tools to the players and rather than just lead you here and say, pick up this item, go to this point, kill these 10 boars, done, go to the next thing. It's it's way better when they say, oh, you can do whatever you want. If you want to get into this, here's some tools for this. If you want to get into that, here's some tools for that. What's your goal? What are you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to run a town? Are you trying to start a cult? Do you want to be a pirate? <laughs> do you want to be a merchant? Like what? what are you out here to do? And I, I very much like that philosophy. And so the customization fits in kind of perfectly with that um, in that, you know, they just give you all these opportunities to express yourself. And I'm sure that we'll see, you know, crazy things. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, especially considering we can tune the creatures, if we don't have races, I'm expecting player organized races. I'm calling it now going on record predicting uh, <laughs> since you'll be able to tune your creatures, you can make some of them really fast and then they'll, you know, I'm sure like, you know, put put all blue items on your horse so we can, you know, distinguish it from the one with all the red items on it next to it. And uh, we'll be off to the races. And my name's Casino, so I will be betting on it, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Transmog fan. So uh, hearing that we're going to have like, what was it, 30 pieces that we could customize? I think 27 it was pretty close. To I don't like, know. It was, some, yeah, it was really high. It was really high. Like yeah. hearing that, that that's just that is great. <laughs> Being able to, I mean, like the most boring thing in MMO is if everyone looks the same. Yes, I agree with that. So having a lot of customization, that's just great. If if I can talk about a, a game, Star Wars Galaxies, real quick. <laughs> no, yeah. one of the cool things they did is they they had like any any wearable in the entire game, even if it was like from the NPCs, you could obtain whether it had to be looted or crafted, whatever, and then you could dye stuff, whatever color. So they had player organized costume competitions and you had people like dressing up as power rangers dressing up as dragon ball z characters just because they would find like just the right combination of items and dye colors and stuff and they got real creative with it so oh the crafting was great in star wars galaxies with yeah. the like quality of resources and everything like i missed out on not playing that game i actually didn't start playing mmos specifically until wow and it was like vanilla wow but still it was it was wow. It wasn't anything like before that, like you no know, Dark Age of Camelot or. Uh, um, wow, is still great. 
It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't play it any, anymore. I, I kind of like tapped out now on this one. I couldn't really. Battle for Azeroth was it for me, I think. I, I kind of stopped at this yeah, point. I think that, you know, and this is where I'm going to get on my little, little. It, the reason I'm so excited about Ashes is the word innovative, which is what I keep coming back to, is they're really trying to bring something new, like invigorating, just a way to like almost bring life back to the genre because, you know, I really do feel like the genre is just, I don't think it's just dying. I think it's decaying at this point, to be honest. It just, I mean, it's doing good, but it's kind of stale when it comes stale. to variety. Yeah. Every game is like yes. World of Warcraft in a different skin. I mean, World of Warcraft is a great game, but why would you gonna why are you gonna play all the other games when you can just play World of Warcraft? I have an interesting alternate take on that. You're you're absolutely cool. right. Don't get me wrong. I I rant and rave about how many games that, like they saw the formula that worked for WoW and they went, oh, we'll just use that cookie cutter formula and uh, that'll right. work for our game. We'll just put a different skin on it. And mm -hmm. uh, ironically, one of the things that killed Galaxies was they tried to turn it into a Star Wars skin of World of Warcraft. When that failed, they scrapped the entire game and built from the ground up a new star wars skinned version of world of warcraft they called it the old republic mm -hmm. but uh so it's not just that they're using a, the same tired formula for pretty much every game and and most new mmos will have like one distinguishing feature and they'll be like all the mmos you know and love but with <laughs> this whatever that one feature is yeah. like this is what makes our game but so the other thing is it's getting watered down by other games that do what mmos do i'm, I'm on my second uh well, I, that's not true, but I'm on my second mobile game, specifically uh, part of like the Marvel theme uh, that I'm playing like extensively. And they are a lot like MMOs. It's not, uh, you know, like we're not like running around doing raids as well. Even that's not true. So I guess literally I've got like an alliance. We recruit, we do raids together. We all talk like we're part of this, this bigger community, like a lot of other smaller games, even mobile games, are bringing in all the elements that make MMOs good, not quite on the same scale. But so a lot of people that, you know, like it used to be like MMOs and like your console. And now so many games have online play that there's like varying degrees of MMO community experience in all these different games. So I think that's what's kind of watering down the genre is pure MMO is not uh, is not as as distinct as a game that has a bunch of mmo elements mm -hmm. so i actually really agree with that i think i think that like the way i've always i've always discussed it is that it's a lot like with movies and music these days it's like the, everybody's got a remake of something and it might have a different take or an alteration to the story but it still feels like the same thing over and over and i think that to me is like what it is and i think i just you know, when Bless came out and stuff like that, it's kind of like, man, it's just, I feel like I've done this all before. Even like, you know, wow, like now I'm like, dude, I feel like, I know it's a new story, but it just feels like I've done this so many times repeatedly already. Um, and so I think that that's the thing about Ashes I like is I'm not hearing so many, it's just everything about it is just different. It's a real big push in a completely different direction. And that to me is, it's very inspiring as an, as an MMORPG gamer. Um, it, I feel like it's reinvigorating my soul as a player. Um, so that's, that's to me is what, so let's, uh, enough about all of that. We're going to get into like some alpha one discussion here. I'm going to try my best and feel free to jump in and correct me if I, you know, might, uh, if, you know, if I'm like sitting here trying to grasp, because I'll tell you, I tried to make my notes for this so I could make sure I, I touched on some points that I felt were important to note, but I didn't want to like, just be 
going through and doing the same talk that they were doing because that's pointless. You need to go check out the live stream if you haven't. It's on their uh, it's on their Twitch. I, I've started making a habit of actually taking it myself and putting it on my my page because for me, I like to be able to refer back to them sometimes. Sometimes they're just good to watch. And I like to be able to watch them and they've been taking them down and you can't watch them all on their Twitch anymore. Either they're hidden or they've just been taken down. And so I like to like hold on to those. So I've been putting them up so that I can at least start having them there to look at. So check it out no matter where you go check it. I know that they're, you can go check it on their Twitch. Um, so they've talked about two phases for Alpha 1 starting here, at about, here in about 30 days, roughly third week of September. Um, so in this, we're going to be getting progression to level 10. Uh, the, 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 the format for the transition through this is going to be a seven-month period. And they've made sure that the seven-month period is there because they are, are approaching combat style differently in some, some fashion. They really want to focus on having an action-oriented combat style along with a tab target style. When they've discussed this, it isn't just that you have one and you have the other. They were very specific about stating that they. Steven said he wants the player to be able to choose elements of either or both to adapt to their particular play style so that they can play in a way that is comfortable and feels true to them as a player. That is a very ambitious statement because in a lot of MMOs, you, you might have like Elder Scrolls Online. A lot of what, and we'll talk about the video in a little bit, but a lot of the elements that I see in Elder Scrolls Online has a somewhat of a variation between tab target and somewhat of an action, uh, was a reticle on the screen, combat style. Granted, that is a very that is very true to the Elder Scrolls games in general, though. You go back to Oblivion and you go back to like Morrowind and all those games, not so much Morrowind with the reticle, but you definitely have the reticle, well, maybe you did, for like when you go hidden and stuff like that and you're aiming, um, whether you're in first person or not. But you've got, the, it's a very distinct feature to the Elder Scrolls games in general. So for that game, it fits that that's kind of a style that they have. But in this one, that's that's very ambitious to me that you're going to say that you're able to say, if I, can, if I want features for tab or I want features for action, I can kind of make a choice in that. That's fantastic. It is, but so I, I don't think... Uh it's quite as ambitious as it may seem because a lot of games have been doing that more and more lately. And uh, so the, the first game that I was a full-time content creator for was League of Legends. And wow. they do that insanely well. And they, they do it in a way that I expect will a lot resemble what we're going to see in Ashes. So in League, there's, you know, like 150 something characters and um, they all have different difficulty curves. Some of them are like all skill shots where every single attack mm. that you shoot out, you have to aim some characters, you know, everything is pretty much lock on target or you just stand near the opponent and it, and it lands. And then there's plenty of characters in the middle. And so obviously the characters that are all skill shots are high risk, high reward. If you're always landing all those skill shots, you'll be more effective. Uh, but on the flip side, every time you miss something, you're less effective and so you can play someone that just always lands everything, but then you don't quite have the opportunity to do some of those crazy things if you're insanely accurate. But League does it very, very well, where uh, you can be effective as a skill shot character or as a, uh, I don't even know what to call the other form, but I guess like a lock on target yeah. type of character. Um, and so they've, they've kind of said in Ashes where they, they want the payoff for 
skill shots to to reward you a little bit higher, but uh, but you'll you'll be as effective or or you'll be able to be effective without having to take those risks. So my estimate is that they're aiming for like 30 to 35% more effective if you go the full skill route, but uh, it can definitely be done. League does it very well. Yeah. So. What, are you, what are some of your thoughts, Couch? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it can be done. Uh, like you said, Elder Scrolls Online, it's sort of a, yeah. a mix between both. So, I mean, like, if Elder Scrolls can do it and League, why can't they do it? Yeah. I think that the I think that the the concern a lot of people are having is that if someone goes strictly tab target route and someone goes strictly like action oriented route, I think the concern that a lot of people are having is and I think this is probably my concern too, is that when I think of tab target like in games like let's say range DPS for example, right? Um and you got like a melee character and maybe they're fully action styled, whereas the mage is like focusing all tab target, right? I can see how that's going to be a, it could be a very easy, significant advantage to where it could take some of the skill out of the game. Um, now, I think it depends on, I think it depends on how the skills are actually used and like what that form of combat looks like as far as I think some of the theory crafting perspective goes. Um because they, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier too about how Guild Wars Two, uh, how they're they're kind of doing something similar to like it. It seems like we're at least I agree with this couch that there's like this. Uh, it almost seems like it's a, a bit of a merging with the Elder Scrolls Online and Guild Wars Two a bit with their weapons, and their weapons are going to have skills of their own, and that those skills it seems like based on your abilities are going to be different and change. I, I'm wondering if that's like part of the augment system or not but um what are some of your thoughts on that well so uh, you you had said like you were worried about like a disparity between like rogue or mage but so the way i've heard it described the way i think it's going to work is every class uh and possibly every base in addition every augment is going to have these abilities you can choose from and you're going to choose which abilities to empower so i think it's going to be class to class contained so, like, just as a mage, for example, let's just say, you know, there's uh, an ability where it just picks a target and it just shoots flames up wherever the target is standing and it hits them. And, um, you know, I'm just using, like, round numbers here, but let's say mm-hmm. it does, like, 50 damage if you just click and hit them, 50 damage. You will also have an ability that you would have to aim at their feet, which you could miss, but if it hits them, it'll do 80 damage, and it'll be up to you as the player. Do I want to put all the points in that 80 damage one and count on myself landing it every time, or do I want to put all my points into the 50 damage one that I know I'm going to land and not have to worry about missing, and I should average out to the same as a kind of proficient full skill player? And I think same thing with Rogue. Uh, there might be, like, you know, some some auto attacks that always land, and then if you want to replace each basic attack with, like, a power shot that you can miss, mm-hmm. you can put those in instead but if you're missing too much, you can divert back to the weaker but reliable. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think it will be like there's this is the easy class and this is the hard class. I think it'll be do you want to play the easy version or the hard version of this class? Mm, like one that requires more skill if you pull it off that high high risk reward scenario. Right, but I think every class will have that. And so mm-hmm. you'll you'll build like, all right, did you build the the safe cleric or did you build the <laughs> cleric that can totally whiff all your abilities? But if you land all your abilities, you're a god. So that makes sense. What do you think, Couch? 
Any thoughts? Well, I think also classes are going to have gap closeners. So, yeah, I think that that's going to solve a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a gap closener as a melee, you can basically get behind the caster. Yeah. And maybe interrupt some of the costs. Right. I'm going to like actually want, touch I mean, like, that. That's basically how World of Warcraft works, and that's a tap targeting yeah, game. Right. And the way to kill a range is you get close to it. Yeah, I think even Elder Scrolls. Yeah, there's like uh, yeah. is it the Nightblade, the the teleport strike or whatever it's called. I forget the name. I don't know. It's not it. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then you've even gotten. We I'm gonna talk about. We'll talk about this more in a little bit with the video because we'll talk. We'll talk about some of that in a bit. But even in the video, you see like that. Uh, almost like a charge attack with a do like a two-handed weapon i think it was um so that's you know a good example of another gap closer so i think there's probably going to be a lot of things like that so for, i've seen i actually yeah. i was reading some of the comments on their video when they posted it the other day um was it yesterday maybe or the day before i can't remember it was yesterday and it was posted on their youtube and i was reading some of the comments that people were having and that, that was like one of their biggest concerns so if you've seen that video and that's one of your concerns Take into account some of the stuff we're talking about right now because you might find that maybe that's not really something you've got to be too worried about. Also, like I've said many times before, we're just getting into Alpha 1. This is all subject to change. This is all subject to change. Um, a lot of people were bashing the combat system like six months ago, seeing things, and we're going, dude, there's no combat system. <laughs> that's just some generic, uh, you know... A t like combat system they put in just so people were able to run around and function so they could gather the numbers they needed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like I, a basic tap targeting system yeah. with a press a button to like mini game. Mm -hmm. That's all what they had then. Yeah, and what we saw in the live stream was totally different. I've been fielding a lot of those questions, uh, and I've had to be careful when I say because if you're in Alpha Zero, you have to mm -hmm. uh, mind the NDA. Yep. But uh, you know, we are allowed to tell people if we're in the Alpha Zero, and so people were asking, like, all right, so what's the best meta class? Let's put out the best DPS. And I was like, I don't think you understand. The goal right now is can you log in without crashing? <laughs> right. There's, like, one weapon. Like, it's right. not like, yeah. you know. We don't even have, actually, classes yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not we really. We have, like, four primary archetypes. Yeah, and you yeah, can tell that just by watching their videos. Classes. Yeah. You can see that I just and this is all stuff that's even Steven shared on the live stream. So we're really just reiterating all of that. I mean, that's the best that we can do as content creators, too, is to try to keep people on the path because it's people are so jaded, I think, when it comes to the genre. A lot of people are anyway. And it, you see it with a lot of games in general, I think, just, you know, it's just that they've been burned so many times that they their mind automatically goes to a negative place when they see one thing that looks like it fits this characteristic that they have in their mind of what's not going to be good or what's going to be bad or something like that. So we were in phase one of alpha one, right? There's going to be the, what they're calling battlegrounds, open world battlegrounds. And the goal is like they said, like a few hours at a time um, to where it's basically like you kind of uh, queue up and get into a match sort of thing. They want people to be going through that as often as possible so that they can collect as much data as possible then they're going to transition to castle sieges. And then the final transition will be into what they call horde mode, which is basically like a castle siege, only that as a player you're defending it. So in the castle sieges, it's going to be like you're going to have, they like, said, captains and stuff, like goals and maybe districts or something like that, where you got to take out 
these things as, as players. <clears throat> and then in horde mode, it's going to be almost like flipping it reverse to where you get that perspective. And you've got these waves of, of uh, enemies that are basically doing what you were doing during the castle siege phase only in reverse. So that sounds pretty cool. Is there any part of those three that each of you maybe are a little more um, excited about more than the other or have some thoughts about? Well, definitely me. Uh, I'm very, very excited for the castle sieging because uh, as I previously mentioned, I want nothing more than to be a dragon rider. And they've said that the leader of an alliance that holds a castle has a flying mount for their tenure as the uh, leader of an alliance holding a castle. So the sooner I can get into finding the most effective tactics to siege and to hold a castle, that is right up my alley. And I'm, I absolutely love PvP. So uh, you know, if they're going to bring the fight to me, or if I have a clear objective, let's let's throw it down. Nice. I'm mostly looking forward to the arenas and probably the horde mode. Uh, the horde mode reminds me a lot about the Crucible from Grim Dawn. If you play that game, mm, I haven't. It's an action RPG game. Basically, uh-huh. you spawn waves of mon- monsters and then you like kill them. Well, it's a horde mode. Like I think everyone has played that in some game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think even there's like yeah. scenarios and games like WoW and stuff like that where you've got some elements of that to it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So they're planning on that being seven months. Uh, that's. It's going to be a pretty significant amount of time. I almost feel like that number got bumped up because they they met their goals early. I mean, that's one thing I've got to give them like a real big pat on the back for. And I'm actually surprised about is that was to me a really big announcement. The fact that they're like, okay, so we're uh, we're ready to push into Alpha One like a whole quarter early. They said it's like, oh my god, we're like, well, okay, let's go. I'm down. <laughs> I know you I know you all are down. I think their their initial it is a little early, but I think their initial projection was Q4 2018 for Alpha One, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit earlier than expected, but it's not maybe a yeah. month or two. Yeah, I think that I think I think a lot of like some of our speculation was too like it was going to probably even almost be end of fourth quarter. I was thinking I I expected it to be closer to next year to be honest, but yeah, it was it was quarter four this year that they were planning it, which is probably a couple months. Yeah, um, let's see. Okay, so. Phase one. So phase two is going to be a bit more interesting to me. I think phase two, it sounds like, is they said 120 square mile. And they said, and this is for people that want to make note. Now, there's a, I can't remember the guy's name. And people are going to know what this is. Someone's probably going to comment down below, I'm sure. Um, But I'll try to find it and reference it and post it. Maybe it is a link. But there was someone who had basically taken all the information they could. And they had come up with an idea about the map size that we might see in, I think, believe Alpha. Uh, based on all of the stuff that they had put together, and they've explained away how that how that actually came together and how they put that together. But 120 square miles, okay, and he said that's going to be 25 percent of the starting world at launch. So that's going to give us an idea when we see what Alpha One's welcome to the crusade. More specifically, when we see in phase. I'm oh, sorry. More specifically, in phase two of Alpha One, we'll get to see a quarter offic- officially, according to what he's saying, this is like an official statement 25% of the world map at launch. That's going to give us an idea of how big it's going to be. And they've talked about it before. That I'm, I'm actually quite fascinated to see what that 
chunk is going to look like. That's also where we're going to get the eight base archetypes. That's also when we are going to get more of the character customization. Uh, they said the guild societies, um, some of that quest systems, the evolved quest system, node progression at stage four. You're going to get to see uh, some of the, I'm not positive about this, but I'm thinking maybe the buildings, maybe it's going to be a look at maybe freeholds. I'm not sure if, if the deployables are going to be in there or not. Crafting for sure. Name reservations. I want to specify name reservations. Does it have anything to do with your your actual class character? I saw something about that. Um, people are asking about too. Um, and then four playable races. We know for sure. I'm just going to jump out there on a limb and, and speculate. And I think this is a pretty safe speculation. But the Kalar and Empyrean, the elves and the humans, pretty sure we're going to see those two. Um, because those are the two that they've been showing in videos pretty consistently so far. Um, but as far as fa phase two goes, I feel like that's where we're going to get our more PVE. They didn't say anything about, I don't, I didn't see myself right now, anything about actually dungeons or raids. I'm thinking maybe that might be further into, you know, the phase or yeah, alpha uh, two rather, but probably, probably betas. So yeah. Or even betas. Gonna, yeah. So some elements, some elements of uh, phase two of alpha one that you all are maybe really excited about right now. Things you're looking forward to the most. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to all of it. Uh, there's not anything in, in particular. I just kind of want to start messing around with everything. I mean, that's such an open thing. I, I have that, that list of all those things included uh, yeah. pulled up here. Uh, well, I guess, I guess my main thing, I'm actually, I'm very much a, a character customization junkie. Um, I don't know why I've just always been able to sit for like an hour and make my character. All my friends already loaded in like two of the quests. Like what's taking you so long? And I'm like, I can't decide between the eyebrows. Give me a minute. But uh, yeah, look forward to that. They've said that they want it to be as expansive, if not more than the best character customizations currently on the market. I think they reference black desert, which has mm -hmm. just a phenomenal character customization system. So looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the corruption system because I think that's also going to be in there. I want to see how that's going to work out because there's been a lot of drama and speculation about that. As a PVer, I actually don't mind it. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that you can get killed outside in the world. I don't see that as a problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And beside that, of course, of course, everything else. It's the first time we're actually going to see a closer something closer to a finished product even though it's way 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 off from a finished product but mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see yeah i agree i'm i'm definitely you know I'll, I'll be honest i've i've been really trying my hardest to avoid playing mmos here for the past uh for a while now um i think i know me and i get uh fully immersed I'm like, if there's achievements, I'm all the achievements. If there's pets, I'm all the pets. If there's mounts, I'm all the mounts. If there's, I mean, one thing I'm looking forward to is exploration. Like, I'll be into everything as well, right? Like, I'll be super into it all. But there's, like, days where one of my favorite pastimes in an MMO is you're sitting there um, in Discord or something, just talking to your friends, and you're just running around aimlessly, just taking it in, you know, just taking the sights in, talking, finding random things to do, picking the flowers if that's your thing, or mining or if that's your thing chatting with your friends and just waiting for the next thing that maybe you're all going to do together or just just that sense of community that you have while you're just out there 
just exploring. And so that's actually something I'm looking forward to because with this map size being as big as they're stating, uh, that could just be some good times like on stream, just running around chatting with people while they're getting to kind of run, run on this journey with me and kind of take in the sights and see all these things. And speaking of sites, they mentioned they did bring up and show those uh, statues, those huge landmarks from uh, civilization and before the exodus away from Vera, right, to Sanctus. And those were yeah. iconic uh, statues of people. And so they were saying how... Massive. Yeah, th yeah, massive, huge. And these were things that... These were landmarks that when you see them, you are going to know where you're at in the world and where you're going from there. A lot like if you were out running around in any... Like, wow, for example, you see some uh, landmark. Yeah, I can picture that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's so cool. Like, uh, yeah, like where are you? I'm near, I'm, I'm next to the big bowl stone ship. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, elf with the book in, in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you guys at the, you know, the goddess statue or something like that. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, I, I just, I love that. That level of immersion is something too that a fully open world experience. Like, I miss that. That's something else that. I know in, in most of the MMOs I've played, there's some level of phasing to zones or like Star Wars The Old Republic, you had to like fly to worlds and stuff. And uh, ESO, you got to load the zones. Um, in Guild Wars 2, I think it's all fully open world, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think you load cities. But if I remember correctly, that's kind sure. of got a good open world experience to it too, doesn't it? Uh, it has charge, I think it's called. That's right. So, like, there are multiple instances of the right. same uh, world maps, and then you right. can jump between the shards. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty open. Yeah, I love that open world. World of Warcraft is just facing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that I miss, is being able to look through this part of, like, the, say, this zone of, of a map, right? and Or this territory, and you're able to look through the territory to the next territory, see that massive statue and be like, ah, I know I'm heading the right direction. Like that experience I missed yeah. too. And kind of on the topic of open world, uh, they have expressed quite a bit of interest in discovery and Easter eggs and stuff. And I'm pretty excited for that. So I used to play Rift uh, quite oh. a bit. I don't know if anyone played Rift. I, I did, and, yeah. Uh, uh, so the, the devs have said things like there will be areas only accessible to certain classes. So there'll be like, only a, a rogue that can do parkour will be able to get up here, but only a, a mage that can teleport through this wall will be able to get into this yeah. secret crevice. And then only a you know whatever a certain uh, you know ranger or whatever can can find these tracks and stuff. And they've said that like different paths to stuff will be blocked off based on like weather. So like a, a path might be snowed in during one season, but when you come back during the next season, the snow is melted and you can actually get through and all this stuff. And then uh, I don't know if they've said what it is, but there are already, uh, it, there's at least one Easter egg in Alpha Zero, just kind of reinforcing the theme that they want to hide Easter eggs. And Rift had these cairns that they hid all over any zone. Uh, and they were like, some of them were like at the bottom of the ocean or at the top of a mountain that you had to jump just right to get to. And they're in all these like obscure places that you would never venture until someone stumbled across them and then laid the way to tell other people, like, I don't ask me why I was jumping around in the top corner in these mountains, but I was, and then I yeah. found this thing and they put like good stuff in them. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully stumbling across some stuff that no one else has ever found before and, uh, you know, changing the, the scope of the world as we know it. That's awesome. So I think, I think that's cool because that kind of ties into that exploration bit, you know, like you're running around and I can see that happening with me. Like I remember in World of Warcraft, uh, I think it was like Cataclysm maybe. I mean, there were other times when this happened, but it was like Orgrimmar and there was like this wall that I like walked into and it like I was behind it all or whatever. This is a different example, but it was actually something you could find and there's this, uh, you can't get to it now. But it was kind of like hidden on purpose. And actually you could go when you got there, you could like run around the outer edge of the map, kind of in Orgrimmar, and you could make your way down under in the middle and kind of go up and you could actually go up to this. Like it was like kind of like a uh, almost like the new stone structure that kind of came up or whatever over the top of the city a bit. And actually you could go up in through there. And if you got to the top, there was like this little, um, kind of like flattened area where it was like you could sit on it kind of. And there was actually a dedication to one of the devs who had passed away in there. And it was, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And it was like, they had, it was yeah, like this, they had something similar in, in wrath, I think too. I think, yeah, wrath they did. I can't remember what it was, but I remember something. That, that guy that was like painting or something. And I think it was one oh. of the devs that died or something. Yeah. But in it was the burning crusade. Mm -hmm. You could sneak into Mount Tial. And there was like an under construction sign in the zone. Oh, see, man, I never got to. I missed that. <laughs> that, was, that was really fun. <laughs> I missed that. I, I unfortunately didn't play through all of BC. That was just unfortunate. But on a, a slightly less somber note, mm -hmm. uh, another thing that happened in Rift, they, they had like the main, you know, the two opposing factions. They had their own cities. And uh, so if it was the opposite faction that they were at war with, you weren't supposed to be able to just walk right in. You know, they had guards out front that would kick your ass. Like you could tank them for a little yeah. bit, but they, it was not going to be a, a fight you were going to win. Um, but, uh, you know, after enough messing around, we figured out this exact right way to just a certain class with a certain jumping skills could just hop up the side of this mountain and get in this enemy city from the side and then you could drop your banner and bring in your crew and uh <laughs> so we were the first ones on the server i remember to like bring a raiding party into the opposing faction city and we were killing all their npcs people were showing up to buy something from a shopkeeper <laughs> and he's not there because we murdered him and got the shard first for killing the npc and it's just that kind of content that's you know unbelievably fun and it, it wasn't part of you know the intended dev experience but yeah. they put the tools there and uh and it was an absolute blast running amok in the, in the opposing city, getting chased around by the angry mobs and not killing <laughs> our NPCs. It's like raiding cities in a WoW, it reminds me of, too. Yeah, I like that, though. You keep coming back to that. They're giving us the tools to to make certain experiences possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that's that's going to be the case, too. So let's talk about, well, we got some more time here. Let's, let's kind of step away from all these bullet points and stuff that... We had we had mentioned here over the outlines of Alpha Phase One and Two, and talk a little bit about the video, the the combat video they released, which was yesterday on Saturday here. Uh, what are some of your thoughts, like just impressions, thoughts about it? Uh, I I liked it 
just because it's farther along than I expected to see. Um, not to be a, a downer, I like really exaggerated uh, animations. And so I've been fortunate to be able to play some games with some really, really cool, really crazy combat animations. So I actually, I have always kind of thought in all the Ashes footage that I've seen that some of the animations are kind of basic compared to like some of the more uh, uh, Asian style MMOs that have really exaggerated effects and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, it's to be expected. And I wouldn't say it was bad. Um, I think they're probably gonna have to tone down some of the particle effects. I, I get that they're supposed to be cool and flashy, but uh, in combat scenarios, when five of those are going off, you won't be able to see anything. It'll just be sparkles and colors going off everywhere and you won't really be able to keep track of your target. But it's an early pass and I like uh, the, the pace they're trying to push for uh, MMO combat. So that looked good. I, uh, I like to see a little bit more collision um, this was a little bit more of, you know, just like kind of swinging in your opponent's vicinity and then they were taking damage, but they weren't really recoiling from the hits because they were swinging too. So I, uh, I'm hoping in future passes it's, it's polished and it's cleaned up a little bit. So it looks a little bit more like they're, they're actually colliding, but, uh, still it's, it's farther along than I thought. So they have plenty of time to work on it. So we'll see. What about you, yeah, Couch? It was very zoomed in. Uh, but it was probably to showcase the animations and the particle effects. Uh, it reminded me a bit about uh, Elder Scrolls Online, but a faster-paced version of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it looked, it looked promising for a first pass. There's some stuff they need to work on, obviously, but mm -hmm. it's very promising. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, I was. I think that's like the one of the concerns I have too is that. A lot, you know, even in the Elder Scrolls Online, like they've got their, and this is one thing that they're talking about doing too, is having like a hundred plus players in a spot in one place at the same time during, you know, whether it's like a Castle Siege or uh, any of that. Um, you know, the Dark Age of Camelot's like, you know, we're going to do this. Elder Scrolls Online has got massive PvP in Cyrodiil. Um, and, you know, having a lot of effects that are that flashy going off all at once in the same place in the same location. I mean, that's computer crashing. I mean, it, it, you know, some people have, you know, monster rigs. Like I've got a great rig. It's not, I'm not worried about mine being the one, but I'm not the majority. I'm, I'm a minority in that regard, I think. And so I think it's, and they're, they're saying that they're really aiming to be able to have that level of, uh, you know, flashiness if in light of, in short of a better word for the combat design, which is similar to what we saw. Um, I'm, not sure how that'll work if that's really going to be doable or not um yeah i'm skeptical well, i am unreal engine have uh, options to turn down particle effects so right. it's probably going to be in the game yeah i you know the one thing that is is fascinating to me about what ashes is doing is the fact that they're using the unreal engine and i feel like the unreal engine is a i feel like it's a highly underutilized untapped engine to be honest like it's i know very that powerful i feel like it's I've, I've i've been a fan of that of unreal for a long time since unreal tournament and stuff and i, I like a lot of what they do at unreal and I, the fact that fact that they were doing that and i think that they had even said previously that um epic games is working with them and actually creating some systems that are being born new specifically for ashes because of it being an mmorpg um, so I'm actually really curious to see if 
Because Unreal, man, Unreal, it's Unreal. They pulled off some pretty crazy things in the past. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much that's going to play a factor in potentially some successes, I think, for Ashes. Um, yep. I'm really, really wondering about that. I, I have a lot of hope, but yeah, I, I would say I'm skeptical too. Um, just every MMO has made that claim. I've never played an MMO where they didn't advertise like you're going to have large scale hundred mm-hmm. on hundred, you know, war. Like that's that's like the the selling point of an MMO is like you'll be in the middle of an actual war mm-hmm. and everyone will be doing something. And they all aim for that for sure. And and like you were saying, it's not so much the individual rigs. Don't get me wrong. Like some rigs cannot handle fifty people all casting stuff on the same screen. But usually you can tune the graphics down enough so that a a mid-range rig can handle that but it's almost always server side i've just never ever seen an mmo successfully handle like a hundred people in the same small area all doing something and not have a little bit of lag a little bit of stutter a little bit of delay and even if it's not like a slideshow your your skill shots that you landed actually calculate a half a second later and the person's already moved and stuff like that and it just it gets a little frustrating and ultimately it's still a lot of fun and you know if you were part of something that 100 people were present at it's still a good time right but uh that's our biggest challenge and i mean you can tell uh they they like to say when they're confident that they can uh, accomplish something and, and on this most recent live stream they said like the challenge will be on the server side to see what we can what we can do which means that uh, you know they want to try to do it better than it's ever been done before but uh, i don't think that i've seen it nailed yet i would agree uh, with that but maybe they can do it if anyone can. Well, that would be a hell of an experience. And he did some really good stuff on Planet Side too. Yeah, that's true. I was actually yeah, shocked I, when I, I saw play, him. I played at a, I played at a couple of times, and they had some issues. I think they put put too much in, in the client side. But we have to remember we're in 2018 now. We can probably do more on the server side too. We'll see. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I've, Worst Very come worst, maybe we're not going to have 100. Maybe we're going to have 50 or 80, but it's still going to be awesome. Yep, I, people. yep, it's not directly related, but I will say I played a, a mobile game for a while called Star Wars Force Arena, and uh, I was not expecting a game on my phone via Wi-Fi to have the same degree of smooth real-time gameplay as a game like League of Legends, but they they totally do. Like, wow. Uh, multiple times a split second updating with the server and and you're playing against someone in real time even though they're across the country so uh yeah i didn't i didn't think that could be done so come a long way wow really that's crazy maybe yeah we have better internet now too right yeah yeah yeah. very true back in planet side too so uh we're, we're rounding down to the end of our simcast here and uh i know that you all have things to do you're both busy gentlemen as well uh, so some thoughts for the devs or maybe even just some some thoughts as we're moving into Alpha 1 that you all kind of have. Um, I have to think on that. Uh, I've just been kind of banking on the fact that I'll, I will at some point get to communicate with the devs via the content right. creator program right. as it moves along. But uh, I they, they've said this. But I wish I could hammer this home. I hate soulbound stuff it is <laughs> in unbelievably frustrating one of the things that i loved about galaxies which I, i'd love to bring up galaxies for a minute here gang um is uh they there was no soulbound you on day one 
you could get any of the items in the game. You could have the best gun or the best sword in the game if you wanted now. First, you would have to get proficient enough to wield it. So it's not like you could just load in and immediately use it. Like you literally would just like miss every shot if you were brand new. And then once you got your personal skills up to the point where you could use it, uh, then, you know, it's not like someone was just going to drop in your lap. Like anyone could have it. So no one was just giving these things away willy-nilly or millions and millions and millions of the currency in the game. So I think that it it kind of regulates itself, but I... I hate Soulbound very, very much. I hate, you know, like, oh, I'm a warrior. I've got the Sword of a Thousand Truths. If you're a warrior, you need to get the Sword of a Thousand Truths so that we can both be top-tier warriors. Like, no, you should be able to pursue different paths and, and get to the top. So they've, they've said that they want to reduce Soulbound as much as possible. I've seen a game with literally nothing Soulbound or maybe like a single particular item Soulbound that was more of like a utility thing and less... Uh, actual functional but so yeah if uh for whatever reason the devs are listening please 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 no soul bound or as absolute little as possible there's just no reason for it yeah i agree with that but you can't yeah, i mean just uh, legendaries can be soul bound that's fine with me why i mean <laughs> because uh i think that's something a player should earn not buy well, but if you have to earn the money, like a legendary is not going to sell for like twenty bucks. Yeah, but I, I think it. I think it more should be like a, a story thing or something like a big achievement that someone earned in the game. But so it would. And then have you have a... someone selling that to like a, random person in the street. Right, I hear what you're saying, but it, it wouldn't. Like that. But it wouldn't work like that. So let's say this thing is truly legendary. It's not like I can be like, all right, give me a week. I'm just going to sell a bunch of potions and I'll, I'll buy that from you in a week. No, it should be like you have like 500 people wanting to buy it and someone has to amass a fortune, the likes of which has never been seen to get you to part with it in the first place. And whoever's buying it, they're earning it. Like they're, what you're not seeing is they're just, you know, organizing and taking out loans and and selling off stuff and and starting their own industry and and just raising such an insane amount of capital to make this purchase that even though it's not quite the same as like I felled the dragon, it's still like a it requires tons of people working together over time. Like like that stuff happened in galaxies where th there were legendary items and what's even crazier is these would just randomly drop right. They would just be like a, a random low level creature walking. You just kill it and then suddenly there's just a legendary item on the corpse, which is like insanely unlikely to be, but it would happen. And then the first person who found it, you know, might be like, oh, I don't even use this weapon class. Maybe I'll, I'll give it to my friend. And then they find out their friend looks at it and goes, what, that's an insane God weapon. We really have something here. Then you start spreading the word and then people start wanting it. And then this bidding war starts happening and you get all these people interested. And before you know it, like who ends up actually holding that weapon is this big crazy fiasco and and anyone who's anyone is like trying to pull strings and curry favor and and borrow money and make it happen it becomes this big whole fun crazy thing so i i don't think you would see what you're worried about which is like some random guy just being given the legendary weapon like you would you'd have to be someone and you'd have to have some serious resources behind you we influence. just mm -hmm. we just look different at that like i don't want a piece like that to be bought or just dropped yeah, I wanted to be have more of a backstory behind it. I was gonna say too that yeah. Besides that, uh, just they should just keep being transparent. That's all. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
there was a discussion. Uh, it was one of the simcasts actually had this discussion, and they've they've made they've discussed how legendaries in some de- in some detail, not fully obviously, but in some detail how they're going to be obtained, and they're going to be an extremely difficult feat, from what I understand, which I think is great. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that is probably the most important thing is that it's not like we see legendaries like where it's like, oh, go kill 100 of these for this quest, come back, and then go back and do this, and they do this. So where it's like it's easy for anybody to get it just because they do the quest or something. as opposed, Like the artifact system in, in World of Warcraft right now, I'm just like, this is crap. I just, I can't, I just... Yeah, it, or like it, random, you kill a mm-hmm. bear and you got the epic legendary sword or something for it. Yeah, to me, it's the experience that when and it, it's obtained, like it's something that it used to be where when someone obtained a legendary, it was like the whole server was like, oh my God, we we have one. We have yeah. this. It, it, it benefits us all that someone is wielding this because it, yeah. you know, it does it much like the way that they are saying cities, you know, and ashes are going to be like, you know, the leader can, uh, you know, because of it being this type of a node city, et cetera, they can, you know, make a decision that can then impact, you know, things being open or offered to everyone. So it benefits people that way. I think it would be really cool if, if the legendary had a similar influence. But at the same time, if it has that level of influence and then the, the wielder isn't playing anymore, what, how, how, how's that? Like that, that could be a problem. You I mentioned like. it. Uh, you mentioned decaying that they wouldn't that's last right. forever. They did, yeah, that's right. And that, that's Which even is... something with mounts, I believe, too. Like the timing for. Yeah, the, think... the like the dragons are gonna die after a while. I think that helps build the case though for why you should be able to pass them along because even if you you somehow buy your way into a legendary, it's not forever. So. Like, I think it's more like it, a month, no, maybe like half a year or something. Yeah, it should last, and and it, there should be, uh, you know, should, should be things you can do to extend it, although not indefinitely. If uh, the way they did it in Galaxies was like every time you repaired it, the total health got just a little bit less and a little bit less, so eventually it was just wearing down real quick. Yeah. And every time you went to fix it, there was a small chance that it would just break, and you were just SOL. So you mm-hmm. you wanted to take it to the most reliable. Uh, crafter to try to repair it because they'd have the best chance, but you had to also make sure you trusted them because yeah. they could just run off with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, like that. one cool. thing they could do is uh, use the legendary in like a server-wide progression quest line. Yeah, like something like that would sacrifices be sick. Or use it, and then it gets destroyed in the process. Yeah, but until be, then, mm-hmm. the player that found it could use it for yeah. a short while. Well, but so then if the person didn't want to complete it, if they were like, no, I'm having fun in the PvP arena with my legendary sword, I don't want to <laughs> toss it in the volcano and complete this quest. I, you know, I'm wielding god power. Screw you guys. Yeah, no, I guess I guess then they would break it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very difficult. Like yeah, it's a the legendaries is going to be a very uh, it's going to be a very difficult uh, task, I think, for them to find a balance that's going to work for people that have different ideas of what they feel like like casino here or nerd or myself like with with like we feel like the approach might be i think they're going to have a a, it's going to be a task to make that work in a way that people feel like is fair to everyone it is but so let me also throw this out they've mentioned that the end game gear is going to be a mix of like legendary items and craftables and i 
I like that where, uh, you know, you might have a legendary helmet, but I have, I might have like the ultimate insanely rare crafted helmet and they're going to be, you know, might, might be a little bit different. One might be, you know, 3% better than the other, but they're both going to be really absolutely close. top tier. Uh, yeah. And I expect that to be true for the, the 27 slots of gear that we'll have. I, I very much like that. Uh, some of the top, top, top stuff in the game will be player made. And that's how it was in uh, Galaxies, for example, is you had those like random legendary drops, but those are insanely rare. Mm -hmm. But most of the top, top, top stuff was crafted. And it was this lovely result of like the rarest resources from a year and a half ago, combined with like the the top crafter on the entire server, getting lucky with the basically gamble that they took on the process of building it combined with the person who you took it to to modify it getting just lucky with their modifications and then the the power up that you put on it getting just lucky with those bonuses and as a result of so many of these lucky instances you end up with this insanely good player made thing which will not last forever but uh while you've got it it's just you, you know it's insanely good so i, I do want to see player made stuff be able to rival the top stuff so i'm excited about that so i don't think it will be too crazy worrying about legendaries if we can craft comparable stuff yeah, actually, i'm actually hoping that we have that because they've talked about how at, in in phase two of alpha one we're supposed to see crafting for the first time too and they've discussed how you know if basically like in game when it comes to crafting you're mm -hmm. you're going to have the opportunity to be really exceptional at this one specific thing and I'm really hoping that that's something that's utilized in a way similar to that. Like that's that's my hope is like I really want this this you know most amazing chess piece that I can get for my tank or this staff or whatever for my cleric that's a healer or whatever. And I'm you know I have to go through this journey of finding the people. This is much like you see on those epic adventures. I need to find this this dwarf that crafts this this hammer of you know has the mold for this hammer. And that hammer I can then take and get imbued with power by this, uh, you know, archmage or something somewhere. And just, some, you know, that could be like an enchanter or something, or it could be any, I just, I would love that because that's such a level of immersion and it's, you know, it's a story you get to tell. You don't, you don't get that. You get that from experience. You don't get that from like just this quest chain or something that, Right, exactly. And I'm so. sure that we'll get that. I, I think oh, yeah. that that's exactly what we'll get based on the their design philosophy. And yeah, exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying. And, and what uh, I'd mentioned earlier, it, it mm -hmm. kind of all ties together nicely, because it's less so like, oh, you want the best chess piece, go to this dungeon and kill this boss. No, 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 no. You want the best chess piece. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, steps. First, find the best crafter, then find the best enchanter, then they're going to tell you what they need. And so they might say, all right, we need the recipe, go get it from here. And then we need scales from this creature. Uh, so go here and you can, you know, the hunt these creatures until you get the very best scales you can possibly come across. And then it's, you know, we need iron ore from this place. It's a really rare iron ore on the other side of the world. So first you have to find who has it and, uh, you know, maybe buy it from them or maybe learn to mine and mine your own. Then you got to transport it back without someone stealing it. And it, making that chess piece ends up becoming a six month journey and uh, you know you can cut corners where you want depending on, oh i'll just these scales are pretty good i'll just buy them here and you know just keep selling my potions on the side and, and just buy these whatever but it becomes your your story and yeah. it's awesome yeah i love that so we've uh yeah, we've, they, they have sort of confirmed that 
already. Yes, yes, they, they have. Be like that. They have. They they've they've made a pretty good point to to talk about how the narrative is going to work and how it's very you know you're yeah. gonna I, I love but also like Casino was saying like there being places on a map where you know maybe you can't get there. I mean they've talked about that too, like you know not being accessible unless you have a particular skill or maybe even a trade. And so I think, you know, even stuff like that being tied into that journey is just really cool. Like maybe you got a party with someone who has the ability to get up there and, you know, help you find another way or to transport or something. So uh, unlock a lever, you know, the park or road gets up there and hits that lever. And now we can enter through this gate or those types of things. Yeah. It's fan fantastic. And um, I know we're, we've gone over an hour here. I know couch has got something he's got to get to. And Casino, I know you've got stuff coming up here in a little while, too. Um, so, it, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you on here. We've had a really, really fruitful discussion, I think, on a variety of different things, such as you know, story and combat and a lot of the stuff that's been discussed here. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity before we get off of here to kind of tell everybody where is your domain, where they can find you, um, where they would check out your content or kind of what you're involved in. Couch, you want to go first since you got to go? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias under the Couch Nerd. You can also find me on the official Discord, the Couch Nerd there as well. And I'm also in the WeStream Ashes Discord. Right on. Same handle there. Yeah. How about you, Casino? Well, first, credit to Couch Nerd. I, uh, I don't use Twitter that much but anytime i go on twitter whatever the latest news going on with ashes is yeah you can bet that uh if coucher hasn't put out a video about it he's definitely put out a tweet talking about it nice. so he he stays on the up and up so i do recommend following him if you're an ashes enthusiast um i am currently more focused on uh, a marvel mobile game just because that's how i'm making my living right now but uh i they've discussed letting content creators stream alpha zero before it gets to alpha one. So I could be streaming Ashes really, really soon. And if not, I will be streaming day one of alpha one, uh, third week of September. And that is twitch.tv slash casino, K-H-A-S-I-N-O. Currently I stream every single day at 1 p.m. Pacific time, usually for about four to five hours. I've got uh, youtube.com slash casino. I've got a Patreon and Twitter, I think, is Casino TTV, but I'm I'm all over the place. You can find me. Anyone is welcome to join my Discord and talk ashes. So I will be around. Fantastic. I've been oh. your oh yeah. Sorry, I just just randomly thought of this. Didn't want to plug it. I came up with something for my Twitch called the Mystery Bag. Yeah. And uh, it's most it's like 99% junk that I filled it with, just stuff to troll people, like uh, two pounds of orangutan feces and a used <laughs> tissue and stuff like that. But uh, so I've snuck a few actually valuable things in the bag and a couple of things I put in are a one month and a two month subscription to Ashes of Creation. And it's completely free to reach into this mystery bag. So if you're just hanging out while I'm streaming and you just want to hang out and reach into the mystery bag, you can pull a one month or two month subscription and I will cover you for one month or two months of Ashes of Creation subscription. So nice. Come nice. check it out. Nice. That's cool. And um, I'm going to have both of the gentlemen's uh, links and places that you can find them down in the description below, along with all of my stuff and things. Um, of course, you'll find me in Virtue uh, and you'll find me on Twitch and YouTube as well. All of the links are down below. And uh, so I encourage you to check out the Couch Nerd Casino myself, get involved, um, kind of 
you're not really too sure about ashes and you have questions you know ask us check with the ashes discord and finally check into ashes of creation it's a great mmorpg we've got a lot of hope for so i've been c morgue your host till next week i will catch you on stream thank you so much for having us sure thank you for being here bye bye